This is the Attention Collection Podcast, a show dedicated to the art of paying attention, to the idea that awareness is ever-expanding, and to the core belief that everyone is capable of living a life worth noticing. I'm Anthony Garcia. The 2002 film 28 Days Later opens in a ransacked hospital, occupied strangely by one person, a disheveled young man who awakens from an apparent coma. One side of his head is shaven and he's sporting a large surgery scar. And as he struggles to his feet, he makes his way stumbling through the abandoned hospital, confused and weak. He stumbles out into the empty streets of London looking for someone, anyone, to explain what's going on. But all he finds is empty streets littered with trash and abandoned vehicles. Hello! He cries, but of course nothing returns but the echo of his own lonely voice. Even if you haven't seen the film, you probably have an idea where it's going. It's a brilliant opening for a zombie film, right? It turns out the character is not exactly alone. But I want to rewind to the beginning. I want to place you in that hospital bed. I want you to imagine for a moment that you find yourself completely alone on the planet. But let's change the premise a little bit. Right? No zombies, no carnage, no toppled vehicles. It's just you, and for reasons you'll never know, everyone else is suddenly gone. Now consider this scenario through the lens of this question. In the thought-provoking book Inner Engineering, Sadhguru writes, If you were alone on this planet, what would you want for yourself? Think about that for a moment. Some of you are probably thinking, well, I'd want out immediately. Others, however, are probably thinking, no, no people to deal with. I'm good with that. When I started walking through this thought experiment, my first conclusion was pretty simple. No one could handle it. Like, Think about solitary confinement. People go crazy. They lose touch. Because we're tribal. We are meant to be in community. And even if that community is not healthy, i.e. prison, it's still other people in proximity. And I think that's true, but there's also a flip side. Consider the monk. There are men and women who spend years alone in the silence of a cave kept alive by someone showing up randomly with food. And they don't even see that person. Someone just shows up and drops a loaf of bread and some water at the mouth of the cave and then disappears. And yet these people experience connection. Somehow these people find bliss. And it seems to suggest that there's more to do with context than anything else. One is punishment. The other is practice. Solitary confinement is isolation, and yet the cave somehow is insulation. But enough with the alliteration. Okay, let's move on. I want to use this thought experiment to explore the way this might actually affect 
where we place our attention. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, in this scenario, you don't go crazy. What kind of life would you want for yourself in that context? Let's think about this. What would your relationship be with money? And maybe you're thinking, well, it wouldn't matter because you can't spend it. It's pretty simple. You'd have to just take what you want. You'd have to just take what you need. To that, I would say, interesting. So what then would you take in this situation? Perhaps you go, oh, I'd get that dream car finally. But the question becomes, would that still be your dream car? If no one was around to see you drive it, would you still wax it up and take it for a drive? And perhaps the answer is yes. This is not a moral evaluation. I'm not trying to check your morals and your ethics. And I'm, I'm just trying to get to the, the fundamental question. What would we actually care about in this context? Perhaps you really do want to feel the power of the engine or experience the thrill of taking the corners at top speed. I'm not a car guy, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. But maybe, just maybe, you would just want to be seen as the kind of person who drives that car. And therefore, with no one else around, it wouldn't matter if you were driving a Yugo. Or what about the house? Would you still love that house you dream about? And again, maybe you would. You might be the kind of person who genuinely loves design and architecture and different kinds of wood. And maybe that's you. But maybe, for the sake of argument, maybe you always just wanted to be able to afford that zip code. You know what I'm talking about? The one that has a lot of gated sections where some people aren't allowed to go okay maybe let's go to this one what about clothes and shoes and accessories again for the sake of argument maybe you love fabrics and textures and textiles and fits and you love to experiment with different colors but maybe you just want to be seen in those clothes And without people around to see you, they wouldn't matter that much. Or how about this question? How many selfies would be on your phone in this context? How many selfies would you have in your phone on a planet wherein you are the only human person in existence? Maybe you'd have 100. Maybe you'd have 2,000. Maybe you would take one selfie every minute for the rest of your life? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I know that there probably would be fewer selfies in the world in this context. All right, but let's take the pressure down a little bit, lest you think you're being judged via podcast. Because I'm asking these same questions to myself. But let's move to this. What would your relationship to the arts be like if you're the only person on the planet? What would music mean to you? Would you dance like no one is watching if, in fact, no one was watching? Or what about poetry and literature? Would you allow yourself to weep openly at a beautiful poem? Would you recite it aloud to yourself and and somehow find a new kind of fulfillment in this context? Or what about paintings? 
Would you finally admit, can we do this? Can we finally admit that Mona Lisa is not that impressive and Jackson Pollock was a paint spiller and not a visionary? Is that okay? Can we do that? Okay, I'll do that. I'll take the blame. I'll take the fall. Or what about food? Would you savor every bite of food or would you just eat to survive at that point? Like, what would the china be like at dinner? Or would you just eat off the table? Heck, would you just eat off the floor? Or would you lean in and learn how to cook? Like, would you get some books and learn how to cook for yourself? Or would you just eat out of the package for as long as possible until all the food around you runs out? This thought experiment can go everywhere. It's endless. And I think what it does is it reveals a lot about us. Whether or not we'd like to admit it, much of what we do and what we chase is the result of social conditioning. It's a desire for status. And that's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It just is. But it's also subject to change. We don't have to wake up alone in a hospital gown to discover what really matters to us, right? We can reevaluate that at any time. The truth is we're not alone and we'll probably never be alone, but we are individuals. We exist in community. We find meaning in community. We get some semblance of identity from community, but at the end of the day, we are all individuals. On some level, we are all alone. So in a world wherein you are the only one who exists, what would you really want for yourself? Pay attention to your answer. And in a world where you are alone and you have nothing but time on your hands, would you, in fact, listen to this podcast? Fortunately, you're not alone. You have family and friends. So if you feel so inclined, share this podcast with them. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Review it. It helps other people find it. And as always, get out there and live a life worth noticing. Until next time.